This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two Barchies and a Bughead. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed, Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden, bringing you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. So we have just started June, and we still don't have news about Superman and Lois and Gotham Knights. They have neither been renewed nor canceled, and their finales are on June 27th. Brad Swartz had said that they were going to find we'll find out sooner rather than later. Thought the sooner would still be in May, though. Mm-hmm. Definitely thought that. It kind of does take the test out of it a little bit because we're heading towards the finales of these shows that you don't know if they're coming back. I can't even believe I'm going to say at least with Stargirl because I was not a happy bunny during the Stargirl era. But like at least when they announced it a couple of weeks before the finale, you knew that you could experience that season finale as a series finale and enjoy it. And it worked well as a series finale. You know, the Superman at Lois finale may have a cliffhanger in it, so it may not. So it's just, I feel like the fans could do with some emotional preparation one way or another to know whether they're coming back. I just it felt like yeah just before we got news we got some news but we didn't actually get the news we wanted so how much longer is it going to be we're in uncharted territory now this is the network that once had a reputation for renewing things early and now crickets i can't wait until later today after we finish recording (laughs) we get the news (laughs) every time i hope so though i mean that'd be better than going through june and potentially even getting to the finales and not having news like that's the concern because when you think about it all the u.s scripted originals that are actually cw originals are either ending the season or they're in limbo. Like we, it's possible that we're living a timeline in which they will cancel both Superman and Lois and Gotham Knights on the CW, and the entire CW original block is of canceled shows, shows that are doing their final seasons. I mean, it just feels awkward and weird mm. and uncomfortable. It's dark, isn't it? I feel unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we'll take it back to Brad. Please, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't even matter if we get off the pod and then they release the news. Just release yeah. the news. I hope this segment ages like milk. Please. <laughs> yes. Please, fingers crossed. Prayers forward. But to talk about Superman and Lois, though, we are nearing the end of its season. We watched episode 10. And am I going to say this? I'm going to say it. It's a little struggle bus. Just, just a tad. Um, but it's mostly to do with the kids and personally, for me, I think they've waited too long to bring Lex into the storyline. It's an interesting one because it's, when this would happen, it would feel like they're kind of maybe building up to be the big villain of next season. But we don't know if that's going to be the case. Like we've had been so overexposed to Bruno at this point. We're like, is he still the main villain of the season or will there be a last minute twist? And we do know Lex is coming in. They released that trailer weeks ago. I don't have a problem with the pacing of the show. I just think maybe the fact that they teased it so early on and then every episode became, is this going to be the one Lex shows up? And is this going to be the one Lex shows up? And it kind of dragged it out more than it needed to. If we didn't know he was coming, still we would be in along for the ride. I just think maybe they shouldn't have announced it so early or released that teaser trailer so early. But like, it was still like a, the tension was high in that episode. It was still an action-packed uh, finale, at least off it. Um, I, the, the the content itself is not slowing down, even if they're playing a little bit of a slow game with the story, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But Pia's description of Lex was a lot. Mm-hmm. It was intense. And I'm like, 
I want to see this person. Mm-hmm. You know, when she was like, describing him to Lois, and it's not like the Lex I know. The Lex that I know from Smallville is like, he's those things, but he's also just like this suave, like young millionaire. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to see this person that, what is she, do you remember any of the words she said to describe him? It was scary, but she said, I was like, oh, where is he then? I want to see him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she said um, that she doesn't, she's not afraid of anyone, but she's terrified of him because of some of the mm. stuff he'd done. And that's the kind of reputation that a veteran Lex Luthor should have. So I feel like they've definitely built him up well off screen. We ha- we do have, we've seen many, many Lexes. We've seen the campy Lexes. We've seen the friendly Lexes from Smallville. Um, but Lex Luthor at his heart is a very dangerous person. And I think they've, they've definitely done a solid job, particularly with someone like Pia, who doesn't fear anyone, of building up that kind of reputation. It has to succeed now. I do think from the trailer we saw of Lex saying I'm a free man all those weeks ago and we, we knew it was coming. I do think they will follow through on it, but I feel like they have to follow through on it now because that was quite the tease. He's now, a I very solid I, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't what? seen this teaser. So did we see his face or just hear his voice? Just just heard his voice and I believe the back of his head. Um, it showed some flashbacks to him getting beaten up in prison when he was first put in there and um, that he made the decision to shave his own hair off. And then uh, I believe the trailer ended with him saying, I'm a free man. And then you see him walking on that highway in like a jean jacket and a, with a bag over his shoulder towards Smallville. So I assume that means that uh, he is coming for revenge. That's the end of the season three finale. <laughs> no, do we know who who's playing him or no? Yes, um, Michael Codlitz. Um, he was in The Walking Dead as well. So him and Chad Coleman are going to uh... be uh, opposite each other once again. Um, it's def- It's going to be, Lex Luthor is known for his brain more than his brawn, but this is going to be a very physically intimidatingly built Lex Luthor because of his time in prison. So it's all going to really come together, which is why I feel like they have to follow through now since they built up that reputation. I think I'm going to love him. I really do. He gives old school, big, bad mafia dude, self-made, like will beat you himself, but he's also gotten to the tier where he doesn't have to, but he will enjoy it while sipping some brandy and smoking his cigar. Like it's what Bruno gives too, but there's, it feels a little bit more intense. There's like an energy just by what we saw in the teaser for him that just has most likely will enter the room. Like he's an energy first enter into the room where you know he's coming. Now I could just be building this up because it's an excellent teaser and that's not what is going to happen, but it just feels like that is what they want to give for him, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I'm like antsy waiting. I, I do agree. I think they dropped it too early because it gave the implication that we would be seeing him earlier. And we may be right. That might be the season three finale <laughs> cliffhanger that they were talking about. Uh, but I think for me, why I thought the episode was struggle bus it was because of the kids. Like if we cut the kids part out, except to Mateo because he moves the plot forward because he helps his mom get free. I think I probably would have enjoyed the episode more with this intensity. I'm still having a hard time when it comes to what they want to do with the kids, which to me feels like they don't know. So we just get yeah. a lot of drama and intensity. Are you suggesting that Jordan didn't move the plot forward? <laughs> no, you're right. He did. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, the <laughs> <Let> last part. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Okay. Let me dust off the green table. I've been waiting yes. to talk about this for a hot minute. That the second that um, Jonathan said that he had been texting with Sarah and Jordan got all bent out of shape 
I knew it was going to be a rough time for me specifically. Mm -hmm. It was going to be a rough time for all of us. It was going to be a rough one to get through specifically for him. And boy, was I right. (laughs) (laughs) When they get to that party and he immediately beelines for Sarah and just throws himself in this conversation mid story. He's just like asking questions and it's like, sweetie, that was an AB conversation. Why did you think that was the move? Mm -hmm. What, what, it, like, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that, like, maybe he's a little socially awkward or whatever. But I'm like, what? I was just so, like, on Sarah's side for that. Because I'm like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And then, okay, I'm going to just steamroll through this whole frustration um, so I don't leave anything out. But when they have that conversation over, was it the beer or whatever he was doing? Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, I wish I had never fallen in love with you. And she's like, that makes two of us. I'm like, yeah, say it, Sarah. Although I can't defend Sarah fully for this episode. <laughs> just like, just in these <laughs> moments. Because <laughs> I'm like, how did we get from we're going to a party? I threw myself in this conversation she's justifiably mad at me and I'm going to go completely off the rails. Why is this character being written as if Sarah's the only girl in this town? Like it's season three and I feel like we're running circles around the storyline. Can you tell I'm frustrated? I was so frustrated. Like it, it's maddening to me that we just see the same thing over and over and over again. Like someone let me get you guys go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, there's not a single thing wrong with what you just said. (laughs) Uh, I feel I'm frustrated with the sort Sarah and Jordan relationship because every week you have to pick a side between one or the other. And I feel like you're Sarah, you're right. Sarah was absolutely right. You know, had a tough time we've had with Sarah, but she was absolutely right. And yet the writing escalated the situation really quickly to make her say something sharp to make us go per Jordan. I don't know necessarily know whether we did go per Jordan, but the writing was done in that way so that you make us feel for Jordan. And I'm like, I have felt for Jordan. Sarah has been very mean to him in the past, but this time, totally justified. And it's the same thing. I do feel like the writing's written with Sarah just to make her escalate things really quickly so we can say, why did you do that, Sarah? Come on now, Sarah. And there was nothing wrong with the way she acted in that conversation. Came in, guns blazing, exactly. zero chill. I'm like, what is your game plan with this girl? Right. I don't one. <laughs> like, how do you think just being like, I don't even remember the questions he asked, but every time he asked a question when he was, when he interrupted that conversation, I was like, what, what made you think these were the this, the right choices to make? Mm-hmm. Why can't mm-hmm. you just be like, oh, hey, I'm going to go grab a beer. Want anything? Talk to you later. Like, I, I don't know. I don't no. know. I have no answers. Only he, frustration. He <laughs> wanted to be a part of it. I remember when he first, when he made a beeline for her and he didn't say hello, he just came to the end. I was like, oh God, this is Giver High School, isn't it? This is, I have no social skills, but you're you're the person I know at this party. So I'm just going to like attach myself to you. And if Sarah really were his best friend, that probably would have went a little better, but they they don't have that relationship right now. Because she feels like she has to be the person that always makes him feel comfortable in any setting, which is more so his brother's job than mm-hmm. it is uh, hers. If like if they if you wanted to give someone that position, even even John, 
doesn't necessarily have to do that if he'd prefer to hang with somebody else. But I like the one time I felt for Jordan was the way in which she got him to exit that conversation, which was not graceful, but there really is no better way to do it than to be somewhat rude when she told him to go get a beer, mm-hmm. which is why he was even drinking in the first place. And I was, I was like, oh, I didn't quite like that. But I was also like, well, what else? How would she get him to exit that conversation without causing a scene and still mm-hmm. trying to save his feelings and be respectful of the person she was talking to? Because it wasn't Jordan's conversation. And he tried to be, participate in it. And I was like, this is just all around bad. It's just yeah. all around. It's just really. And it was not going to be a good time when they did reunite. And that, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just like, why? Why do I have to be the person that is there keeping you up? Everything. You he weren't even invited to the party. He was there for all of like, what, 10 minutes? And he's already at like an emotional downward spiral saying, I wish I'd never fallen in love with you. It's like, locate the chill, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And grab onto it for dear life. I'm begging you, Jordan. <laughs> He's also not doing using any of his tools or resources that he probably would have had in therapy because we knew when we met Jordan that he had, uh, well, they didn't actually give us whether or not he has an emotional disorder or what that emotional disorder might be. But clearly he has social anxiety and he mm-hmm. also has um, some issues with personal connection with his peers. Yeah, but we know you went to therapy. So where are the tools? Where is the? I know, and we need to (laughs) see that in the script on screen. Like we can't be making those leaps because me screaming on this podcast right now, it's not. It's the dots aren't connecting for me. Mm -hmm. Like if that was part of the story, I think it would move his character arc forward. But this is just him chasing his tail and us just you know watching it. And also when he when he got his little super siren thing in his ear i don't know what you call that his little bat signal (laughs) (laughs) i like that um i was like yes cool leave please go do something and then but he ended up saving sarah right Mm -hmm. save them and then he was mad at his dad who was laying boundaries down as any dad should do because they lied went to a party he was drinking but he's like but i saved lives and Clark was like, well, tough. (laughs) You're still a minor and you still lied to me. I'm like, this child is just so, oh my God. Like, I I don't know what to do. I wouldn't know what to do with him as a parent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't, I can't deal with you. But I do understand like when you get punished, you're like, but I did something good. And you like, don't understand. Like, I I get it. But I'm like, come on. (laughs) I, I do think with Jordan and Sarah actually in particular, They've struggled with their development. They were both each other's anchors in season one because they saw something of themselves in each other. And that made total sense. But ever since that like drama was created in season two, that you know the writers are bringing them back to each other. It's just, it's been a very bumpy road, not necessarily in a very natural kind of way. It's hard to cheer for them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you don't know whose side to be on each week. And it's just, yeah, right. <laughs> we'll just stick in the middle. Um, but like it's it, it is it's going around in circles because like we saw where Sarah was coming from. But like Sabrina said, that was written in a very like escalation of conflict kind of way to make you feel for Jordan. And then Jordan's mean to Clark. And oh my goodness, I adore Jonathan Kent, but oh he was so mean to Clark in this episode. Imagine steamrolling your dad who's Superman. Like I thought about that after, and I'm like, that makes sense for like a, a teenage son to be like, I don't care who you are, like whatever, you're lame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like I was <laughs> But I was still like, you're going to respect that man because yeah. he's the sweetest yes. man 
in the world. <laughs> well, especially because they like they didn't go to the the wrestling thing, like and and weren't honest about where where they weren't why they weren't going. Like I, and Jonathan Jonathan left me stunned, and he left Clark stunned. But I felt like if Clark had time to process what was said to him, Clark would be like, "Wait, hold on a second. I do <laughs> actually spend time." But like, where with was you. that coming from? Uh, I think it's coming. So I think it was a clunky way of reminding us that much of the time that Clark is spending with his children happens to be more so with Jordan because of the superpower thing. And Jonathan often gets left behind when it comes to his his dad's interpersonal time. That most likely got worse with Lois being sick. But I have to say, I don't like that. I have to infer that. Because like, yeah. that's not okay, really thank you. Because I was wondering, like, because I know the previous episode, you could probably tell in my silence last week that I didn't really pay attention to it. So I was like, did I miss like a carryover storyline that Jonathan has some sort of like some kind of feelings toward his dad? But to me, it felt like it came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had uh, there was a few episodes ago, remember when he he found Sophie um, who had gone missing and he was able to have that lovely conversation about how he's always felt like left out in his family. But that was like residual from what happened in the previous two seasons. There's been no evidence to suggest he's been feeling that way this season. Mm-hmm. Do you say residual from the past two seasons? We're in season three and the children's storyline is still revolving around the same. Like, yeah, same exactly. Thing. There's no movement, but we can mm-hmm. see movement in every other storyline <laughs> yeah yeah exactly a lot of movement as well and this what the thing that showed this showed us so well is emotional movement and i, I completely agree i feel like the kids storyline is not having enough emotional movement it's the same way as uh natalie and uh, mateo's storyline last week suddenly went from zero to i love you overnight and yet if that was a storyline between clark and lois you would have seen every date every every big like uh, milestone in the relationship i just feel like it's either pressing the fast forward button with the kids or pausing it all together and there's no in between with that and that's why i struggled with jonathan in particular because at least sarah and jordan made us feel something in this episode but jonathan kind of had that out of the blue reaction to clark was very very mean out of nowhere and then it became all about jordan and we never got to really see where jonathan was coming from apart from that slightly clunky scene that sabrina said and i know i do get that it finally jonathan's got his head screwed on after all the xk drama and the emotional uh, upheaval of moving to smallville he's finally figured himself out but i feel like we needed more than one clever scene where he kind of outwitted Clark to get that across if you know what I mean because he was still very mean to him okay let me ask because I have some sort of like a a thought what is the timeline of the show like how much time elapses in each season like how long has it been since season one do we Um, know are we in a new school year I know Um, so season two started um, at the end of the summer because Sarah went to camp that's right that's right and I know I know I don't know how long season two lasted but I know that season three took place about 20 something days after the Ali Alston thing so there's a 20 day something time jump or 27 day maybe and I remember Lois said it in the voiceover so um they had 27 days of peace before all went to hell so what I'm gleaning is the seasons are not a calendar year Mm -mm. Mm -mm. see what I'm I don't want to be like a sweeping generalization, but I feel like a lot of modern television has slowed the timelines mm-hmm. and that makes the pacing also go slower. Whereas like the shows that we grew up on, it's so, it's such a different television landscape, but like the shows that we grew up on, like they started in September, they ended in May and that was the time that lapsed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we had months and because of that, like things moved quicker. 
so like I'm thinking about some of these shows and I'm like it it seems like some some of these character arcs move so much slower like the emotional development is so much slower like I think about Clark and Lana in Smallville which I hate to continue to compare the show to Smallville but it's the only <laughs> the only one I got <laughs> um like yeah there were a lot of Clark and Lana moments early on that were around the same theme Lana kind of questioning Clark Clark pining for her but not being able to tell her the truth but there was still like yearning and something to hold on to that keeps it interesting even if we were seeing the same things episode to episode from time to time but like here with Jordan and Sarah it's like there needs to be a little there needs to be more movement like we can't move at a glacial pace because teenagers just don't move at that pace mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll hop off my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) It is odd, though, because we were were talking about this earlier in the season when Lana and Sarah were going through it. Like, how much time has passed since Sarah attempted suicide? Like, because it felt like the emotional resonance was that it actually hasn't been that long. She wants to move forward. And Lana is like, baby, I found you in the bathroom. Like, we're not moving past this for some time. So now I'm just like, okay, think trying to think of the kids and where they are emotionally, which by the way, I feel like we only we pick up and drop Sarah's emotional issues when it's convenient to the plot, which is also annoying because then they remind us and then you're like, okay, well now I have to actually try to put this in a box and figure out where she is. But in any case, I just feel like she's doing the same thing with, with I don't know that young man's name, but the one who was the son of the mayor. That junior. she had done yeah. junior with junior that she had done with oh god Jordan with Jordan where she emotionally resonated with Jordan because he too was going through something difficult emotionally but now we're latching on to Junior who is going through the grief of losing his father and she's growing closer with him again I don't want to infer things is that how Sarah connects with people like mm-hmm. does she connect with people who are also struggling with big life changing events just like she is without her actually talking about her own big life-changing events. Because if so, then that's an interesting character be in something she would have to unpack, but they don't care about the kids. So I'm like, should I stop caring about the kids too? Should I just let them be over here and whatever they do, they do. And then just enjoy the adults. Cause I don't want to do that because the kids are the B and C plot. So I feel Mm -hmm. like I have to pay attention to them. And they're all really good actors. They are. They really are. Um, and Sarah is such a good best friend. Um, Jonathan can be such a good brother. Jordan's a good superhero. Um, <laughs> Michael's uh, a beautiful guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there's, they've all got their own qualities. And, and I love watching them. I really do. I just feel like they've kind of become a bit of a caricature of who they were in season one. Jonathan being the exception because he's had some great character development this, this season, which is why it felt like a step back this week. Aside from that, he, him and Natalie, I feel like, are the two that are shining at the most this season because Jordan's taken a backseat, which we thought was a good thing, but the little bits we're getting off him isn't enough to explain his character arc. Sarah explodes with people for no reason, and then that's not dealt with properly. I feel like there are great storylines here. The show just suddenly feels like it doesn't have enough time. Maybe if it had those 15 episodes of the two previous seasons, it would have. But it just feels like, I don't want to call them the intolerable teens because I do like the characters. I just (laughs) feel like from what we're seeing, they're coming off as intolerable and they're not like that. And 
even though individually they didn't move the plot forward, their arc moved the plot forward, of course, because Jordan had to put on the superhero outfit, um, save the day, um, prove to Sarah that he does care about her, which I don't really feel it needs to be an arc because he does care about her and she knows that. Um, but of course it's landed them all in hot water now because Kyle started investigating. That was also an interesting story plot in parts this episode. I feel like a little clunky there too. Uh, I, I I told y'all, I griped with y'all after the episode aired because the way that like, you know, Kyle's like, I have the smoking gun is like because of the accident and because his, his girl was, his little girl was just lying by the side of the road talking about how, hmm, you know, I don't know how we got out of this car, but I don't think someone with superpowers saved us. And you're like, Sarah, girl, baby, sweetheart. But I feel like she did know though, right? Was she just protecting Jordan? Yeah. She was just protecting Jordan. But like we have to, the in the moment lie just was not standing up to the test because the car rolled and you don't have a single scratch on you. And mm-hmm. neither does like Junior. But we're like, mm, we just made it out alive. No, that's where the sentence stops for her. And I'm like, this, you have to give people more. Mm-hmm. That was a crazy sequence, the car accident. It was. Yes. <laughs> Wonderfully shot. We just yeah. did far too much for the lie that she has to keep up in the I air. Was, I was shaken. <laughs> um, and I, I feel like that was necessary because you had, Junior had to see the person in all black outfit um, to understand that it was a Superman because I don't understand why Kyle would be running around in circles thinking, we have ice in our, whatever that building was that was fire. Oh, there's clearly another superhero in that. When Superman has frequented Smallville once or twice over the last two years, who's to say that it wasn't Superman who saved the day? I don't understand why Kyle suddenly thinks there's another superhero. I think they needed that smoking gun to make him feel like he's validated in his belief. Um, I will say we talk about the uh, show moving slower, but I do think that surprised me how quick this arc moved because he only found out in the last episode. Now suddenly he's completely knowledgeable on all things Superman. Um, that was nice. I do think that was refreshing. Maybe it needed a bit more room to breathe. I don't know. But I do feel like Kyle kind of makes himself feel a little bit irrelevant. So when he gets something that he thinks people might understand or want to listen to, he suddenly feels incredibly relevant. So I do buy that he was trying to for- he would try to force Chris out to post that story and that he was getting upset when no one would listen to him. I do think he took things a little too far when Lana tried to say, like, Kyle, it was clearly Superman or Kyle, don't worry about it. And he was like, I don't want to talk to any of y'all right now. It's like, what? Come on now. <laughs> but aside from that, I do buy that Ky- we know who Kyle is as a person. And if he feels like he's got something that he- people should be listening to, he will ram it down their throat until they take note. That's true. But the so gaslighting was real. Mm-hmm. He was. I, I, did he? We assumed it's Jonathan because Jonathan was the one at the fire station. But was the also the, that of the whole XK thing? Does he think that Jonathan is back on the XK? Mm, that's a good point you see what's really interesting is when he showed up at clark's house and um, he's very confrontational with clark he's like all oh, this only started happening since you lot moved to smallville and i'm like again that's... i don't understand why people aren't more intimidated by clark <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like look at that nice man <laughs> do the glasses really like like when you're in the presence of clark do the glasses really like mute the muscles because <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he kyle was shook when clark put his hand out and he just stopped him now granted it felt like we used a little bit of our powers but I was like he could mm-hmm. still do that without but you know what clark writes <laughs> i fight for clark writes i say <laughs> remind them who you are you know what do what you gotta do clark 
I, I, if, the only person I stand in the show, actually, that's not true. The only people I stand in the show, Clark, Lois, and Lana. Mm. End of list. Healthy Sorry. trio. <laughs> it is. It is very healthy trio. Plus, Kyle was trying to bust into the house. I was like, he told you you can't see his son. What part of this conversation mm-hmm. thought it was going to go well for you after you tried to bust into the house? Yeah, I didn't like how aggressive he was. Mm-mm, that's his child. Back up. Yeah. 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 I thought I was also concerned that we were going to get like a what about me plot from Jordan. Because <laughs> yeah. like the, he assumed that it was Jonathan with the powers. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> no, don't. It might come. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm, I don't trust them. That might pop yeah, up later. There's one thing about uh, Jordan. He holds an emotional grudge and he will. He remembers. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, that I, I thought maybe Kyle figuring it out off screen was maybe a little quick for him to put it together. Maybe we could have seen a little bit more of that. That sounds so mean. I'm not trying to say Kyle's not smart or anything like that, but I feel like. But he was loud and wrong, which I yeah. appreciated. I love yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> and he has a reputation for being loud and wrong. So I feel like maybe if he suddenly was a great detective, we should have maybe seen him putting the pieces together. That's maybe why I wish that story had a bit more room to breathe. But as far as progression goes, it was fine. I'm very happy we got that done and dusted quickly. Um, as soon as it started playing out opposite the scene of Pia destroying the DOD, I was like, oh, how are we going to get out of this? I hope they have that conflict. And they did. Clark desperately needed to leave and Kyle would not let that man go. I loved it. I loved that scene. Because you could like feel the conflict within Clark. Like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? He won't leave. What do I do? And he's just yeah. like, you know what? <laughs> All I can do. I loved it. He was so annoyed too. Mm-hmm. Like he was trying to like he like Kyle, what do you want? Why are you here? What's up? And then that slowly started to change. And as he was hearing what was going on, it's like he has to go. It is mm-hmm. to back. Please back up. Okay, we're not going back up. We have to fly. Goodbye. <laughs> did he say we'll talk about this tomorrow? He did. Like- yes. <laughs> I'll tell you everything tomorrow. Um, and I feel like the moment where Kyle really started to put the pieces together was because he was convinced Jonathan had powers. But it was when Clark did the like swat away thing and he felt the force of that. I think that's the moment Clark was like, okay, there's no getting out of here. Do you know what? I'm out of here. So I think that's why it, it added up really, really well. Clark had no choice there than to go and save his wife. Um, and I, I, that was a beautiful reveal. Um, I, I always wondered if Kyle would find out because of the three characters, the Cushing slash Lang characters, Kyle's been the least important of them. We know Lana has ties to Clark and Lois. Sarah had ties to Jordan and Jonathan. And um, they're both more well-rounded characters, even if that's not always explored. So I always wonder, would Kyle find out? what? What? That's it. We always feel like, is Kyle still relevant to the story? Well, they just found a way to make Kyle relevant to the story and what a reveal it was. It was really nice. I wonder how this is going to blow back, though. Mm-hmm. Since he he's will, gonna be mad at Lana, yeah, and all of them, and Chrissy, because yeah. Chrissy knows. Which uh, just to hop over to Chrissy real quick, I don't like this season for her because every scene is just anxiety, guilt, and shame. Like she's just a walking the girl. You are a walking case of you need to let this relationship go because <laughs> it's just it's so unhealthy for her. She looks miserable in every shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one scene that stuck with me was when. She and Lana are walking with the governor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the governor says something to Lana, like, oh, single mom, and then said something about her husband cheating on her or trading her in with a younger something. Mm-hmm. And you could tell Lana was kind of like, oh, that wasn't. And then Chrissy's behind her, kind of feeling like, that's me, guilty. And 
she seemed Christy seemed like she was kind of let down that Lana didn't correct the governor. But in that moment, I'm like, Christy, it's not up to Lana to make you feel okay about this. Mm -hmm. It's just not. It's not her job. And I I I mean, I think for Lana's sake, she could have like what the governor said, she could defend her own story. Like that's not how it went down for me. Or like um, not even despair Chrissy's feelings, but just to be like, that's not my truth. It's not the same thing that you went through. Like Lana has a little bit more agency over what happened with her marriage. Um, but yeah, that scene, I was like, ooh, can't wait to talk about that because there was so much going on that was left unsaid. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I feel like that scene kind of did overtime because what was it she said? Something that younger model, I think, traded in for a younger model. And I was like, that blew back on Chrissy, and I was like, but that's not how it happened. But, but I also Lana, don't feel bad for Chris. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I know. If, if we have to be professional here. And Lana was not going to suddenly start correcting this woman about her personal life. She could have said that's not how it went on. It moved on. But she wasn't going to get into the nitty gritty because, you know, when that woman found out more about Lana's personal life, she was like, I'm out of this time. That was a bit predictable, but like it played out exactly as we thought it would. Um but like Kyle did not leave Lana for Chrissy. Kyle and Chrissy got together after Lana said, do you know what? This marriage isn't working. It, I, I'm taking a stand here and I'm ending this marriage because you were unfaithful to me with someone else. You know what I mean? So I, do, I feel like that scene was working a little over time because Chrissy wasn't the other woman. She just happens to be who Kyle is in a relationship now. But that history that Lana and the governor were talking about, Chrissy had nothing to do with that. No, but Chrissy is internalizing. And I feel like we need to get to a point with her character where she takes some personal responsibility for how she's feeling. Um, because she is raking herself across the coals for the decisions she's making. But she's raking herself across the coals because she's not proud of those decisions. Like, I feel like this has a lot to do with her admiration for Lana and how she knows that divorce was... Well, they had, the papers hadn't even been signed yet. So it was happening, but it's like really fresh. You got into a relationship with a man who has who has a family who like he disrupted that marriage. And that is the reason why they're not together anymore. But you came in at the tail end of it. So for Chrissy, she doesn't seem to have the personality type to be able to put that on the shelf as a fact that happened and not let it like change how she feels about herself and a lot of that also has to do with her feeling like she's at an age in which she's not accomplishing what she wants to accomplish or doing what she wants to like she's doing what she wants to do but I feel like she's a character that often just compares herself to other people mm -hmm. but again her her the background interior work is happening all on that actress's face it's not really on the page so what we get is just a lot of shame I'm like Chrissy had more to do last season though Chrissy mm -hmm. had more fun storylines. Now she's like having bumbling interactions with teenagers. She seems to only be happy around Kyle. She clearly seems to want some type of friendship with Lana uh, as professional women in Smallville, but that's been complicated by her relationship with Kyle. I really don't know what she was doing this episode. I think she's supposed to shadow and then write about this meetup between Lana and the governor. But Chrissy wasn't recording anything she wasn't like she was observing but she only seemed to be she responded to the governor saying something about oh i don't remember the man's name but they were having a a, a chat about you know what people are like in professionally what people are like privately or whatever and chrissy responded and i was like well they had you could have just stayed at the smallville gazette 
and let the other the other journalists handle this. I'm so sorry they gave you nothing to do today, but feel ashamed. I know it felt it felt like that scene that we talked about. It was like a Lana storyline, but then it turned into how Chrissy felt a little mm-hmm. bit. Which, by the way, to talk more about Lana, she made the right fashion decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That blazer, whatever it was, immaculate. Sarah's just a so hater. <laughs> that was a power lock. Um, and I'm glad, even though that storyline, it didn't, like I said, it had a bit of a predictable outcome and Lana then got roped into all the super stuff. But I liked seeing this side of Lana. Like her town literally got destroyed last week. It totally makes sense that she would be trying to do damage control this week and trying to get it fixed as quick as possible. Ever since Lana became the mayor, we were like, oh, is she going to be involved in the Bruno storyline? Oh, she had a run-in with Onomatopoeia. Oh, she's doing this, she's doing that. But she's very quickly gotten roped into the background off other storylines whereas now we're seeing her do stuff like this it might be a bit by the numbers or whatever but i'm glad we're getting to see lana do her job because that's what we want from her and she's got goals mm-hmm. she does she's taking it to the white house i'm telling you <laughs> and it's it's so nice too because she she got like i don't really care for that governor i feel mm-hmm. like there's something shady going on with her but the she gave lana a nice piece of like support you know, to be like, there's a lot of changes happening in Smallville because of you. And Lana got to be like, to be proud, you know, and, and be like internally boastful about all that she's accomplished because she doesn't really get that. Like Sarah's usually telling her, like saying something rude to her about what she's doing as mayor and then she's coming a back hater. <laughs> <laughs> She is, unfortunately. Lana's I mean... living with her own bully. <laughs> 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 but i mean it's kind of true I, uh, I, sarah is in that space in life for her uh where it seems like she cannot take accountability or express her feelings in a way that doesn't come off rude so she just says it or just expresses herself and that's the end of her and i'm just like when you receive your own medicine though i feel like you will understand what you look like when you do that to people. That has mm-hmm. not happened yet, but it needs to happen soon. Maybe before we exit season three. Um, There's hope on. That needs to be addressed. Crossed. It does I need just to be addressed. I just had the funniest idea for a title of this segment and like what we will put on the the thumbnail. This is some BTS YouTube talk, guys. Um, get a job, stay away from her. Directed, <laughs> directed at Jordan. <laughs> 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 we have to put that on the outline. <laughs> so funny. You can, I don't know if y'all can be able to hear me typing, but I'm typing real quick. Uh, we have to remember that one. <laughs> Sabrina's ensuring we are. Because <laughs> yes. otherwise, I won't remember it. I, I am a serial note taker. It's the only way mm-hmm. I can get through mm-hmm. life. Are we uh, we're hard on Jordan because we we love him. That's yeah. what I tell myself. That's what I. Tell <laughs> we want better for him, better storylines, yeah. better story progressions. Uh, before we hop to what Mateo did, uh, I will say Sarah looking like a sad puppy in the back of the police cruiser as like her parents are just looking at her out of the window. It's like, yeah, girl, look at your life, look at your decisions, <laughs> <laughs> like, and trying to be like, you know, I didn't plan to get behind the wheel drunk because like a lot of people don't. That's that's what you just decided to do. That you, that's not your way out of this argument. You're just gonna have mm-hmm. to take this one, sit in the booth, and be silent. 
Yeah, I, I wish they addressed that more. Sarah does something, lashes out, makes a bad choice, and they're like, you shouldn't have done this. I know I screwed up. I'm pretty sure that's not the first time you've heard her say, I know I screwed up this season. And they're like, that's all right, honey. Moving on. Anyway, there's a superhero in town. I just feel like maybe they could have addressed some of her actions a little bit more. I do hope, because then at the end of the season, we can get some growth, hopefully, by season four. And yes, I'm saying season four because I'm manifesting season four. Um, I just want some growth for her and the other teens. I know. All the teams were disappointment today. I mean, on the episode, even Mateo, which you know he's allowed to be because he had, he wanted to save his mama. I'm gonna mm-hmm. give him a pass because that would take even his father, who was grown, is not the one who's making the right decisions. So how, expecting the 17 year old to decide to let his mama die, I, a lot of people are not gonna do that. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna hold that against him. Was it disappointing for a lot of people? I'm in the show. I'm sure. I'm not sure if the audience cares, but like as far as the the characters, I'm sure it was disappointing. I have her was living. He stuck his mama with um a cufflink and cured her. The cured cufflink her. needle. That was some mm-hmm. Tom Swift stuff right there. <laughs> right? It was so good. I'm scared for Pia though because she was I, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was. That scream that she does. She's like, this don't have to be elegant, but I am gonna bring this this whole building <laughs> down. But like her physicality was. Uh, one amazing but two i was unsettled so i mean successful mm-hmm. I, that's a workout for sure. yeah <laughs> the way she arches her neck um i feel like she's far more interesting of a character to me than bruno um but i know that she's technically the henchwoman and that he's the uh the big bad but i do appreciate the fact that there's more to her than the fact that he's she's just his henchwoman she's not just like the hired help he loves her and he was willing to do anything to get her out and we, we saw that in the end. And yeah, that was a nice big twist because I honestly thought because of the fact we're petting Lex now, I assume the Bruno storyline's come into a head. I thought Pia was going to be taken off the board because they kept suddenly they were like, she's ill, but we're hoping we'll recover to she's dying. So the fact that they were able to like twist us like that, that was a good shock. Um, and yeah, those scenes with Lois uh, in the DOD, very, very intense. Um, I do love their friendship so much. So I'm glad that Pia did not, I mean, Lois did end up being collateral damage. She got wished away in the background. But I know I'm glad that like Pia gave her the chance to run away. She didn't try to hurt Lois, if you know what I mean. You can clearly see that she does care about her. And I think that's a very well storyline villain. I think so too. Their relationship is the highlight of the season because mm-hmm. it does walk the line of like people make decisions that are best for their life. And sometimes those, those don't align with your own personal values. So for like Pia and Lois, he is like, I did what I had to do. Like, I am a queen pin and it is what it is. You don't have to like it, but I do enjoy you as a person. Gonna miss these conversations. Wish we met in another life. I will send you across the room, but I will feel bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Nuance to that storytelling. <laughs> yeah. the, the face reveal too to Lana. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that scene when she had her face turned and she was like, I'm better. i loved it for the people who like uh superman alone's soap opera that was your soap opera moment i hope you enjoyed it i hope it was delicious because that's what that was (laughs) i mean it rivals i feel like the face reveal of liz gillies as alexis oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) like it was so good (laughs) but i think uh, one thing we Missed at the top of the episode um, that I do want to mention is Lana finished chemo. Not Lana. Lois finished chemo. Mm-hmm. So you have to ring the bell. That was good. 
it was moment yeah super powerful i'm super super happy for her. this was probably the most traditionally lowest episode we got of the season thus far and that yeah she wasn't in it as much as the previous ones but she was investigating she was wearing her traditional jacket she looked she looked and felt like Lois from any other season. That could have been an episode from any other season. And it's, it's as, as obviously a super fans of Lois, it's just, it's nice to see her get to do her own thing again. I know she's still dealing with cancer and her surgeries in two days, but generally it felt like Lois was feeling like herself again. And just as a fan of her, that was lovely to say. And even in this lower, like Lois plot, Fitzy will eat no matter what. Mm-hmm. She's Definitely. No matter what she does. She, she brings incredible. it to the table every time. Which this I tweeted that I thought the Pia cure was going to make her deteriorate and it wasn't going to work if she kept using her powers, which may be the case. But I wonder if the way that we're going to cure Lois is to give her the cure by the end of the season because Mm -hmm. she's a human and she doesn't have powers. So if the issue is that um, that if you use powers, you will this it'll take the cure out of your body. She doesn't have that issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe something that they do. Maybe Bruno's parting gift is, is like my gift to you before I die. I'm going to stick your wife with the cure. I'm not going to tell, like I'm not going to give you an option and y'all can just feel bad about it. You good, you good, good doers. I don't feel bad <laughs> about it. Enjoy your your life with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was a fan theory when the season started. They were like, is whatever Bruno is working on going to become the actual cure? So I assume that he has actually perfected it now because we saw that it wasn't working on Henry Miller properly. That other one they sent into the DOD, can't remember his name, and who then died because they, the DOD imprisoned him and the cure wore off. Um, so is the one Pia has now a fully blown cure? Because that was a very emotional scene at the end. Like they got the closing segment. And when they, when she returned to the station and they had that like beautiful hug with like nice little music on it. Superman and Lois wanted us to root for that reunion. And honestly, I was, it was an incredible moment. So, I mean, is this it for Pia now? Has she been cured? And if she has been cured, like you said, is that going to be the outcome for Lois now? Mm. Because they keep giving the timeline for when her mastectomy is going to be. Because mm-hmm. I think she told Pia is a week from mm-hmm. um, the episode. So I'm like, does that mean you're going to get the cure in a week? Like, I know they're not paying attention to time, but we're going to pay attention to seven <laughs> days for, for for this last stretch of, of Superman and Lois. It'd be interesting. I hope that's what they do. Um, I'm not sure how people are going to feel, feel about this. I know that the cancer storyline has been pretty polarizing online mm-hmm. um so it'll be interesting to see how they how they finish this storyline because i doubt it's going into season four if they get a season four mm-hmm. yeah i feel like this will wrap it up and they'll have more more different human storylines next season um but yeah it does it the, the show's definitely kind of portrayed lois's cancer as having a better prognosis or an outlook than pia's did so it if she's at the stage where she could uh, beat it with the normal surgical medicinal remedies or will they go down the route of Bruno having the cure? It's going to be interesting because there is only three episodes left of the season and you have to throw that and Lex Luthor and taking down the Mannheims all into the equation. A lot going on for just three more episodes, but the show never misses. So fingers crossed. Yeah, this was a packed episode. Mm -hmm. It was exciting, but... Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet full of them feels even better. 
American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0. To move to her shoe bag, which also packed episode full of drama, uh, I feel like we just start with Nace Watch first because they were all in and up in this in this episode. <laughs> uh, I did appreciate, and we talked about this in our spoiler-free review, but I did appreciate the time jump because I think it gave Nancy's yearning and Ace's confusion even more emotional resonance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, we have watched the season three finale pretty recently, but for the fans, it's been, what, 400 days since they've seen that. So the fact that we managed to get that to translate into the, the script or the content itself, because the time jump, the five week time jump, that scene where Nancy and S caught up with each other again for the first time, the emotion in Kennedy's face, the like yearning look in S's face. Uh, it was beautiful and I don't think we would have been able to achieve that without some sort of time jump and this show doesn't do time jumps it's all takes place in like the same day for goodness sake so it was nice to f- finally be on that end of it and see because I, I feel like that really benefited the storyline because you could just feel the emotion in that moment it was the I think it was the perfect amount of time too because it was still raw enough for both mm-hmm. of them but it was still like a significant chunk of time where they lived with it a little bit Um. so yeah I appreciate it because it felt like I know we talked about this too, but the time jump, I think, benefited the storytelling because enough had changed to where they're all in different places from where mm-hmm. we last left them. So it felt like a, a new a new era. It did. And it worked really well for the story that they wanted to tell uh, because you also can see how sharp everyone is in their new lives. Like, or... Well, I haven't been Nancy. Nancy's struggling, but you know, she would be because she's carrying the weight of not being able to be with Ace. But also, for some reason, we've moved into Icarus Hall. And choices. Not, uh, you we know, all make choices. <laughs> and she's, I don't see how saving this uh, ferret is going to make a dent in any type of property tax. Chunky Velez. <laughs> <laughs> she's got bills she's living on her own now she's trying to figure it out and figure out how to run an investigation agency which is fun to see as her fathers also bring her breakfast because they know she's not eating (laughs) i love that scene like uh, i say all the time carson and ryan is a a great double act and this was a much more clever expositional device than whatever the uh uh george uh, monologue was last season they they got so much information across. It was so quirky in the way that only Carson and Ryan could be. But then Nancy just had that moment where she broke and then just spilled her guts in those 30 seconds. Caught us right up to date on what everything that went down during the five-week time jump. Much appreciated, but what a scene. Natural. So, so mm-hmm. funny in it, though. She's like, I'm not upset. <laughs> like, do I sound like I'm upset? I'm not upset. And I was like, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> But circling back to that that scene with Nancy and Ace at the Claw, oh, it was just like poetic that they would be at the Claw. She's standing where he used to stand. Mm-hmm. The best parent trapped us line. It was also charged in, oh, like, how do you, you can't look away from that scene. Like, there's just, 
even though it was a simple scene, like there's so much writing on that. Any interaction that they have this season, there's just so much, like so much at stake, so much to to look for. So I love that scene where she's like, I have no errands. <laughs> and Nace watched All Star between the three of us as something so subtle because we were looking at for all the signs. And I feel like we should just retire the idea of Nace Watch now because Nace is there. We don't need to watch for it. We don't need to look for it. It is there. What was the metaphor I used last week? It, the elephant in the room is stampeding all over the season. And they only had like three, what, three one-on-one scenes in the episode. And you felt every single one of them. I am so excited for what they're going to give us this season because if it's anything like that, all in for it. I know, and they had different flavors. So the first one, the reunion scene, is so awkward, mm-hmm. like in the best way. In um, earnest, it's really earnest, especially with Ace, who's just like, I, I just can we be friends? I just really want to be friends. Can we get to the friend part? Like, I'm so sorry for making you uncomfortable. I was like, she's not uncomfortable. She's mm-hmm. just lying to you, but she's not uncomfortable. <laughs> and then when they reunite again after he had been jailed, which we'll talk about that because that wasn't fair. Uh, and he comes to the lover's vigil because he doesn't want to be home alone. Like, okay, sir, right. That's why we came down to the archives where, An- where Nancy is instead of just staying up and with everybody else. When he yelled at everybody to get out of there, I was like, who is this ace? Where has he been? <laughs> <laughs> he's been pissed for a month and a- almost a month and a half because he can't have his girl and he's just going to let them all know. I oh, I love I love when Ace gets to break type and he gets to mm-hmm. be a little sassier, do whatever mm-hmm. he needs to do. Like, I don't think we talked enough about <laughs> that particular moment in the scene before Nancy and Ace get all up in each other's faces. Him yelling at all those people to get out. Okay, more, <laughs> more of that. Yeah, it was very like, oh, we see you. Mm-hmm. We see you. The Let whistle for the rotate. Yeah. Yes. He was assertive. <laughs> he was. And Nancy was like, oh, okay. I feel you. I'm there. <laughs> like, we're like, we can see you, Nancy. <laughs> but all that, the, the rest of that scene, because we had seen the photo. It was an exclusive photo release. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if we alluded to this in the spoiler-free review, but I know we talked about it together. The, the full scene makes that photo... I don't even know what it makes it look like, like a preschool show or something, because what we ended up getting, <laughs> that was good stuff. That's what we've been yeah. waiting for. And yeah. it's only the tip of the iceberg, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't think it could get even better, but that scene is so solid. Like, Nancy, girl, you said you want to keep the curse a secret, but you're the one who keeps moving closer to Ace. And then their voices dip and we're whispering. And it's like, you are you can't look away from the TV. You're like, is this, is this the moment? Are we going to do it? Are mm-hmm. we going to make the, like, are we going to get too close? And they did and then shatter. And now she got a bloody palm. <laughs> she hid that, the little glass bottle inside of a manila folder. <laughs> <laughs> that man has spent way too much time with you, Nancy. He's going to look at it. Like, who, she's so unserious sometimes. <laughs> 
she tries to deny that it's not her 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 handwriting and i'm like it's got blood on it nancy he watched you bleed (laughs) (laughs) and the way he knew what her handwriting looked like that was such a subtle oh i love that so much but like the fact that that's not even the most incriminating thing about the whole thing (laughs) like the blood the fact that he watched her put the thing inside of the floor (laughs) (laughs) he watched you be awkward about it so clearly you didn't want him to see what was on the note it's yours boo like and he knows it it is and speaking of assertiveness though again when he put the dots together and it was like bang 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 on the door and i know you have feelings for me looks her up and down i was like they really not holding back they Mm -hmm. said fire and spice for the whole all of their scenes and again the whispering he was out of breath too i was like we ran like i'm Mm -hmm. I'm sure we could have drove but it sounds like you (laughs) ran all the way to this hall well i mean that's deep in the woods who knows how you may have to park mm. in the forest. <laughs> we don't know the geography. Um, but no, I I hate it when a season premiere cools things down instantly after a fiery season finale. This did not have any time for that. I'm sure we'll cool off at some point, but what a way to throw us back into the season. What a way to throw us back into Ness. Um, yeah, that final scene and the fact that, it's, that she had to tell him that they were cursed, it's all out in the open. Or my biggest gripe was that this great detective felt like she had to lie and then was doing the worst job imaginable with all of the lies. It's out in the open. Now. I hope they don't try to take it back or something. But like, oh, I love that finale. I love that ending sequence so much. And it got me even more excited for the next episode. To your point, and I know we had talked about this together, that we're glad that they brought up the curse. Like I didn't mm-hmm. need them to to break the curse in the first episode, mm-hmm. but I also didn't need them to force Nancy to keep holding on to this on her own. Mm-hmm. I don't think I expected her to tell Ace. I at the very minimum I wanted her to tell someone. Like mm-hmm. someone else cuz I don't think she doesn't told the group, right? No, just her dad's. She's um, just her dad's and, and her father's. And now Ace, so I'm like I'm like you said, I'm, like, I'm glad we have some movement here. We're not just going to be like left until like mid-season for her to be like, hey, guess what? We're cursed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad the pacing is where it needs to be. I'm sure, I mean, we'll, as the show always does and as other shows do, like two steps forward, you know, a step back, like it's not going to be easy. But yeah, I'm glad this is where we are. And he, where we leave him, he doesn't even know the full rules. He doesn't even know what that means, that we're cursed. Um, but I hope I hope you're right. I hope we don't watch season episode one, episode two, and she's like, he's like, cursed. What do you mean? And she's like, oh, you know, cursed. And I'm, you know, not really cursed. Just like you know, we're cursed. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't... I don't think it will because there's too much weirdness. Like the all the glass breaking when they kiss. Like he's mm-hmm. he's been like I said, he's been hanging around Nancy too long to not like have his own instincts. Well, and he's been mm-hmm. annoying Nick because he's because yeah. he, Nick was like. I had my heart broken too before, but like he won't stop talking about his barometer breaking. <laughs> like I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but that is that's what's going on there. So I think Ace has been trying to put it together these five weeks for him. I think have been confidence builders because when we left him the season three finale, he was like, you know, I'm not like the other men you've dated, and you know, I'm in the I work at the morgue now, so I feel very solid, and I was like. You could still feel solid even not working at the morgue, Ace. But now, I don't know, based on how we've seen him in the season four premiere, I guess the morgue job really did help his confidence mm-hmm. and his self-esteem because he is there. He's authoritative, he's assertive, and he's getting his girl. So I don't think her trying to walk it back is going to work out for her <laughs> if she does that. <laughs> I'm excited to find out 
the rules because it's still like for me at least seeing them that close i'm so concerned <laughs> i'm like prom rules get away <laughs> I'm like get away from each other i'm scared they're not leaving enough room for the holy ghost and his disciples but <laughs> like, i'm scared i'm like what does acting on your feelings mean because you were acting on them i don't know i was scared mm-hmm. i don't think i don't think that is enough to like make the curse happen if we if that i don't think it's gonna happen i won't even put it in the universe but like as a viewer that's really good stakes to have in the back yeah. of your mind to be like concerned anytime they're in a room together yeah mm-hmm. and especially the fact that nancy got some happy time with them in that dream uh and she didn't know when it could strike and isn't i think that came across uh from what temperance told her and that it could strike at any moment they could have five wonderful years together and it could strike then he could get knocked down by a car he could be stricken with an illness it could happen 60 years when they're together it's the fear of not knowing when it could happen not you I, saying 60 years michael that just broke my heart <laughs> <laughs> um, to see them get together and then at 60 nancy's like oh no the curse is bad <laughs> But it's made us feel all of this. That, that's how very successful it was. Um, and the fact that uh, the great detective like Nancy Drew won't let it happen until she can solve this problem. Beautiful, beautiful character moments. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see where it goes. Honestly, I'm, I've never been more on board the show than after the season four premiere. I'm so glad I got to watch it a second time because I feel like I just doubled down on everything I was feeling after the first. Shall we talk about Tristan now that we can? Mm-hmm. Yes, he is lovely i like our lobster man like he's uh i don't really know we don't really know him but from what we've seen in the premiere i just think he's gonna be sweet probably a little devilish later we'll see i just feel like you can't be raised by the glasses and be like a super kind heart but you never know i'm curious to see if he knows what his parents are up to Mm -hmm. that's a question i have um but yeah to me he's like a (laughs) non-threat Yeah, (laughs) like it'll just be like a fun side thing when Nancy and Ace can't be together but we also we don't know what this is going to look like as a quote love triangle love interest whatever like we Mm -hmm. just don't know what it's going to be like I could be eating my words it could be exactly what we think it's going to be and Nancy's going to be with him who knows but I'm open to it yeah he's just giving option yeah and he does seem nice and it does make you wonder if this could be like a Mateo situation of Superman at Lois like he doesn't know and then he will find out and then he becomes the threat or whatever because like end of the day we know we're ending this show Nancy and Ace are getting together and it's not and it's the only thing keeping them apart will be the curse but will the people who come into their lives in the time in between be friends be foes Tristan seems really friendly he seems really nice I recognize the actor so I knew the moment he walked into the claw for that mini mini cameo I was like that's him that's what we're getting and then lo and behold we she, she ran up to him later it was like fish guy and um, so uh I, I the chemistry's there right from the beginning I like it we're gonna have to get used to it I think depending on where we go from here because like I do believe Ness will cool off at some point so that we can have a bit of fun in the present before we start worrying about the future. Um, but yeah, I like a, where we're at. I'm going to make a bold prediction. But first, before I make the bold prediction, I want to circle back to the trailer and that moment where we see a young man like running into a portal. Mm-hmm. Was that him? Or do we still not know if that was somebody else? 
unclear. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it's him. I mean, it helps that his family is aware of the supernatural. So if he does become a part of Nancy's life in a significant way, him being pulled into a case makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my bold prediction is that I think in some way he's going to play an important role in Nancy and Ace getting together. Hmm. I don't know how. Don't have that prediction. Haven't thought that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but I do well, think he's going to serve a... Uh, I, I guess maybe not, I think. I hope that he will serve a purpose other than just being another like layover roadblock. Mm-hmm. I think so. The way to quickly get out of that relationship when it's time to put Nace together together would be to do pull from your idea read he knows exactly what they need to break the curse and it is in his parents collection he's just not saying anything because he's interested in nancy moral dilemma of the heart do you let her separate from the man that she has clearly wanted to be with or you do you stay quiet about it because you want to be with her if they wanted to yeah, give don't him tell that nancy plot, though because she's not gonna Mm-mm. from oh my god my favorite moment that i forgot about in the premiere was when Nancy finds out about the glasses. <laughs> glasses is such a weird word to say. <laughs> and Ryan is like, promise me you won't go. Nancy just doesn't say anything. In the next scene, we see her knocking on the door. Loved it. That's our really good. Yeah, that's her <laughs> in a nutshell. And I know you said to, to us off pod last week that another show might have been like really on the nose about, oh, I'm not going anywhere or whatever. Watching it again after you said that, I know exactly what you mean. It just lingered there. She had no thoughts. And then just the quick cut, knock, 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 knock. Brilliant. That, she had thoughts. It. The thought was, keep your face neutral, but I'm not listening to this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, she's like, do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> of course, she's going to get involved. This, the, speaking of the glasses, though, because of how that conversation even goes down between her and Ryan, it makes sense for Ryan to just accept his car back when things didn't work out for the glasses. But I'm also like, Ryan, you've been around far too long around the supernatural things to not at least be like, hmm. Should I scan the car first? Because mm-hmm. they just gave it, it, they were like, yeah, you can have your cars like Brian. Clearly, that's not gonna work out in your favor. And lo and behold, talisman on top of the engine. But that whole thing goes back to th- I feel like I've said this before. I can't remember what season, maybe every season, but like don't withhold information from Nancy. Mm-hmm. They spent the whole episode trying not to tell her about it. And you can tell, like, that her aggravation when she's finding out. And she's like, how many times have I told you guys just to tell me? <laughs> and I was the same way. I was like, oh, my God, you guys, you just have to tell her because she can be helpful. <laughs> yeah. And she, w- she will get to the bottom of it. And I think that's what Ryan's worried about because... You know how she commits to things, even uh, like sometimes against her own will. She will commit to things and figure it out for the people. But I think Ryan's very terrified of how dangerous the glasses are. And he doesn't want to put her or Bass in harm's way. Speaking of Bass. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of Bess, I like that she's like entrepreneurial and find herself like this is what she deserves. And like people are seeing her as like kind of like a force to be reckoned with in the magical world. But I do hope that the witchy stuff isn't one and done and that we're just like moving on from that era now because I feel like the the glasses wouldn't be as big a threat if Bess was able to unleash her full power on them, if you know what I mean. I hope it's not we've just moved on from that. Like Again, to go back to Smallville, Smallville had one season where Lana became a witch for who knows what, and then we never talked about it again after that. Hope this isn't the same with uh, Bess. Like, 
she is a force to be reckoned with. And like from a like powers physicality standpoint, she is the biggest force to be reckoned with on that team. I hope we get to use that since it's the final season one more time because I don't think season three really made the most of it because she was always second best when it came to temperance. Well, now she's the best. Let's see more of that. I think we will. I think for the start that we might just end up with knowledge base. It, one of the mm-hmm. things that I really appreciated about this episode was the competence from all of the Drew crew, especially George and Bess when talking to Nancy about trying to solve the mystery behind where the corpses went. And they're both weighing in. And then Bess was explaining certain things. She's like, well, there's this culture in this. So you could do this here. That's mm-hmm. probably not what's going on in Hershey Bay. I was like, oh, yes. Encyclopedia Bess. I really <laughs> Speaking enjoy of the three it. girls, there was that scene where they're talking um, in the employee space in the claw. They're on the little mm-hmm. bench. Powerpuff girls coded. <laughs> George had green on. Nancy had blue. And I think Bess had pink. Maybe I'm not getting the colors right. But the first thing I thought when I saw that scene, and I know we'd seen the pictures, I think. They released a photo of that scene, but I was like, the live-action Powerpuff Girls are right in front of us. (laughs) (laughs) CW missed an opportunity. They did, but we have them at least in this show. Uh, They were super powerful this episode. Um, All three of them just really, really great in solving this case. All the Drew crew were, actually. It just was nice to see everyone have their strengths and just you know nick swagger just to see him be happy and confident i was like oh finally love that for him the walk down the main street as he's competently giving like a little infomercial for the lover's vigil we're like and everyone else was so awkward yeah (laughs) (laughs) he blasts ass in his little scrubs (laughs) he was adorable and like he was giving i have to do this because i'm in the morgue but i'm gonna do like this ad for them you know nick was like I'm Nick Ned Nick Nickerson, and I am so excited for the Lover's Vigil. And he's just walking. I was like, everybody in town's in love with you, Nick. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then you had Bess, who was doing a solid job of performing, but then Nancy was super overperforming. And then George didn't, did, just did not care whatsoever. And a great way of catching us up with where everyone was in life, but also yeah. just maintaining who they are as people. Love that. I know, because we're Hershey Bay bagels, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Love, <that. laughs> Love it. Is there there needs to be a bagel shop now? Yeah. It does. Oh, fingers crossed. I feel like that has to come up. Like she has to have a partnership with the bagel shop in town. It's <laughs> like branding for the historical society. And then it's haunted. Season five plot right there. I mean, Kennedy did say <laughs> there are standalone episodes. That's how we get the spiders, according to Kennedy. That's okay. a standalone episode. Tell so me about that episode yeah. in advance, please. <laughs> yeah, prepare yourself for that. <laughs> I, what else happened? Oh, just to have a little Drusen corner for those uh, like me who thrive whenever they get scenes. They were cute this episode. Really appreciate the friendship. Someone on Twitter tweeted that it's their Platanker era, and I'm now internalizing that and getting ready for at least a juice box worth of meals. Um, <laughs> and uh, Anne Kennedy has said it's their BFF era. So like, I'm, I'm very happy to get some scenes. I was unsure how they were going to handle that as we got, were in the final season. And we're just investigating and sipping coffee unbothered. So it was great. I love that for them. Mm-hmm. Like, I really do. I really do. So much agreed. 
Yeah, I feel like even it's funny that they didn't plan this as the final season because that feels like a culmination of the relationship. This is where we wanted them to get to. And to, just like I said, that scene felt like it belonged in season one. It was absolutely lovely. Um, and I hope we get to see more of them. And I'm really excited about the fact that Kennedy was able to tease that because one of my biggest issues with the way the Fanson relationship played out was that Nick and George were automatically sucked out of a lot of the group storyline. So you didn't get to see an awful lot of that group dynamic. Whereas now we get to mix it up again. Um, I hope we get to see more scenes between George and Bess, for example, even George and Ace who don't spend an awful lot of time together. But of course, getting the gift of like Nick, uh, Nick and Nancy again, just like season one, that felt like a real throwback. And that scene felt like it could have belonged in any of the first two seasons, which was a nice little throwback as well. Without the angst. Yeah. I um, I really enjoyed their romance <laughs> and relationship. But like we felt like every season we were just like, are we still dealing with the aftermath of the breakup? Are we done? Can we mm-hmm. be done? I love them, but let's be done. <laughs> it just does feel like such a natural progression for their friendship where like maybe group settings can be a little awkward because there's, you know, stuff going on with Nancy and Ace. There's still stuff going on with George and Nick. But like, at the center, there's Nancy and George who are able to come together and just be normal together and have mm-hmm. a nice, friendly time together. Mm. Yeah. Feels like a full circle moment. It does. And they're able to, like, not poke fun, but it was cute when Nancy was like, so you're good at this when it came to the ad. Or when um, Nick and Bess were looking at each other, when Tristan was clearly looking at Nancy and then just left. And those two were like, so Nancy, uh... Tristan, <laughs> like you, you did not see it. <laughs> like, I guess not. But I, I do enjoy the friendships at the core of this too. And that Fanson got some closure. So perhaps mm-hmm. their friendship will be worked on since George, they got to clear the air about what had happened with Nick selling the ring and George getting it to express her feelings about how she thought maybe one day he'd ask her again. But I will say, if that was the thought, I don't understand why they were broken up. But mm-hmm. I don't know if that means fans and fans can anticipate a reunion. It felt, at least right now, pretty final. Like Nick seems like he wants to move forward, and George is giving him all the blessings in the world to try his hand at dating someone else in town. I don't know, but it felt it was a really good, mature scene for the both of them. I feel like I, I can foresee like a late season reunion buildup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Kennedy also did say, I don't remember which interview it was. She did a lot of interviews in the past few days. Um, that they didn't know going into the season that it was the final season. They didn't find out until like eight or nine mm. when they were filming. So um, I think we'll, we should probably look out toward that part of the season where things are being rearranged or set up for the grand finale. Okay, we'll hope it's mm-hmm. seated well then. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense for where they are. She also said the that XR. the writers were. I mean, you don't write a new season of a show and not look out your window to see what's happening at the CW. Like she mm-hmm. said, like they, they knew. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, they saw the writing on the wall and they didn't ignore it. So I think they were building toward a place where, um, because they were lucky enough to get this season at all. I feel like, mm-hmm. um that they they knew they had to go out with a bang so but i think you know once you find out for sure you're like okay let's really do this for real this time this is it so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing those turns at the end because we saw them with some other shows (laughs) when they (laughs) finally got word that it was their final season they're like oh wait (laughs) (laughs) 
Or there's some shows that knew their final season was coming up and did absolutely nothing with like, it. La, 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 I can't hear you. <laughs> so, so far, so good for not saying. Yeah, it might, I mean, it feels like, like I, when we answered the question, like, describe the season in three words. One of mine was mature. Like, this feels like a natural um, progression of where we were in season one. I mean, mm-hmm. we, I think we all would have watched, all the fans would have watched the show as long as it could have been on six, seven seasons. We would have been on board, even just five. Um, because I think four seasons is, while it's a good chunk of a series, it's still, I mean, we want to spend more time with them. But mm-hmm. where the season began, it does feel a little bit more mature. They're a little bit more settled into where they can go as young adults. Um, so it very much is giving finality. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, off your point, I think that I agree four is too soon for shows like this to end because I, I, back in the days of the teen shows or even the day of modern shows, season four sometimes is either the season that completely reinvents the show or the one that feels like a return to form after the darker season three didn't pay off. Nancy feels somewhere in between the both of them. It feels like it's kind of reinvented itself by finally taking that time jump. It's got definitely got revival qualities to it. But on the other hand, it feels a bit like a return to form and from, from seasons one and two. The standard feels like it's back there again. Season three was still great. I don't want anyone to think I'm shitting season three, but this just feels more in line with what we were learning in season one and two. So if it's going to go out, I'm happy for it to go out with the standard because... I have never been more excited about this show. Yeah, I think, you know, if the, if we were living in a world in which they would be have a path towards renewal, if they probably had one or two more seasons in the tank. It just mm-hmm. feels like you wouldn't have, she wouldn't have gotten her investigation agency in the final season, right? Like mm-hmm. that we would have another season or two to flesh that out, to push it forward, to, to really have her become the investigator of Horseshoe Bay in a very solid in grown-up way and I feel like we're in the middle of that journey but I appreciate what they're going to give us in season four because I feel like everybody has to use a phrase from the flash leveled up and we really are you know we are in our grown era everybody Mm -hmm. is like everybody feels like they're on a new path in life and we've we've gotten through a lot of the trauma and done a lot of the healing I'm happy for George, where George is at. Like she's in a new growth path. That's scary for her, but it's all about like what she wants to do. Like the becoming a lawyer. She's a law student. She's she's trying to have confidence. I love the conversation between her and Carson, where he said, you know, she just has to switch switch superpowers mm-hmm. because she is she had to be a woman who could juggle a lot of plates because she was raising her siblings and she was running a restaurant and she was taking care of her mom and she was investigating things. Like she had a lot on her plate. And now he's like, you have less of that. And so you just have to figure out a way to, to not get in your own way and to accept or to see, perceive what's going on around you in the sense like the judge would not have spent all that time correcting your paper if he didn't see promise in you because judges don't have a lot of time and he wouldn't waste his. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great way of putting it as being a superhero because George has always had to make the best of the situation that she's been in and she's done a wonderful job at it. But even then that extended to Odette and uh, everything going on with the ba- big bads in the town. She's always had to like fight for things, whereas now she has 
time to focus on herself. And I hope this is a season of growth for George and that she gets to do what she wants to do. Of course, as we saw in the premiere, she's going to have to fight for this, but she's good at this. She has potential and she's finally going to get some time to just focus on who she wants to be. And I think that's, again, that kind of feels like a full circle moment for a final season as well. Hmm. I feel like we're also doing this better than we did uh, Best in the Powers thing. Mm -hmm. Like George is going to have to work for a career where you have to retain a lot of knowledge, like lawyer and doctor, two different fields, but same concept. It's not really about how smart you are. It's about how much you know and how much you can use that knowledge to help people. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the best with the witchy powers was a little underdeveloped for my liking but speaking of Bess and George you know I love how like kind of like co- concise the Drew crew is now they're so cohesive like that scene when Nancy was talking to the new police chief and they needed to see the evidence and she kind of gave them the nudge and um, Bess whipped the, the lid off the at uh, the arm was like the ice cream sandwiches I ordered and then George <laughs> like spun around and took the photo and the two of them walked out and Nancy just followed with that little smirk um, one of my favorite Drew Crew scenes ever. They're just such a unit, and that was just wonderful way to open season four. Okay, wait, real quick, we couldn't talk about her last week, but how do we feel about the new police chief? Sabrina, tell us. I don't like Miss Ma'am. Like I really, <laughs> I I don't. I know she she is giving a little something different than the other like authority figures of, of law enforcement in Horseshoe Bay. Every, like a, the, what was it? I don't remember the chief's name from season one, but he wasn't about the Drew crew investigating anything. Tamara was the same to the point where I was, he was getting on my nerves. Of course, you know, I love Stan and Wish Park was here, but he's no longer here. And then I don't know the sheriff's name, but her being like, well, just make each other better. And like, she doesn't know you, but you know her. You're giving her information about herself and you have not given like information about you. She's very like, I don't know. It was the what her personality type. I was just, I feel like, you know, she wants to be buddy, buddy, kumbaya, let's share knowledge. But also we want to be like sparring mentally, it seemed like. Like this is not a game. Ace is in jail. And that is Nancy's mm. friend and so the the idea that like she's just gonna trade information with you and you're you're both gonna brainstorm what's happening like her friend is in jail like and she's trying to tell you about his character and you just want to talk about how both of you are investigators and um it's gonna be so fun working with each other and trying to i guess one up one another it's solid like it's gonna do wonders for Nancy's character um, and for the storyline. I personally dislike it. This is a subjective opinion, not an objective one. Objectively, she's going to serve the plot well. Yeah, that makes sense. She's a bit cartoonish. That's all I really have to say. I like the fact she found out right away and that she was proven wrong and that she had to think, stop and think, maybe I should listen to people more. I did like that too. Yeah, again, we're quickly getting things out of the way. We're subverting expectations. This is what this show does. But she is oddly cartoonish for a relatively serious show. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would also be remiss if I didn't mention the scene where Nancy kicks the gate in at the <laughs> police station. She's like, this is my house. I live here. <laughs> yes. And that was the last week when you had mentioned her being a menace. That's my first first thought. Just yeah. kicks the door right on open. Look, looking them in the eyes too, kicking the door open. Like, you know, <laughs> can't, can't tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's just so lovely. It, again, perfection for a season premiere. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even, there's, we've talked about so much and we haven't even talked about the mystery yet. That's how much is in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so like the, so, <laughs> the central mystery uh, is the same one that we left off with, with the bodies being missing from the cemetery. I wanted to ask you guys, do we think it is actually zombies or do we think that it's controlled corpses and someone is someone is doing something to the town to, I guess, you know, something evil? I have no idea. I have no theories, I don't think. It's still very fresh, but I do feel like maybe the, the bodies element might be dropped now because the zombies were infected by some kind of black goo or something which is now heading towards the reservoir so is it going to create some different supernatural thing next week um it feels like something is pulling the strings we just don't know what or where it came from i feel like the bodies was just the beginning of it Mm. but their age uh was interesting to me they all died before 30 yeah there was a mystery there yeah i'm like does it is it part of a spell Uh, are we gonna learn about warlocks like what is what is happening? I, I do love that it's so it's gonna be a this I guess it's a season-long mystery with that different standalones that probably can connect or not connect. I don't know. But I am intrigued by it because I feel like it I'm much more interested in, in this than I was in whatever Temperance had going on. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. More of a mystery this time. And mm-hmm. it kind of keeps it simple. And I, I like that better. Yes, we'll have to keep track of this mystery actually because there seems like there'll be different parts to it and moving parts that we'll have to like the audience may have to be our listeners may have to be like y'all that that happened three episodes ago and this is the information <laughs> right here that you're missing in this conversation we'll be like thank you <laughs> i know i got so confused about it because in between watching this premiere screener and then watching the premiere i had also watched 10 episodes of manifest <laughs> and I was having trouble. I was remembering, misremembering what happened in each one. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there are similar things, but there are similar things that I was like, wait, did, did that happen in Answers You? Or is that man? Like, ugh, I get mixed up so often. Remember last year, I was like, oh, wait, no, that happened in Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Wednesday in the Winchesters. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think. Well, that's it then. And we, I'm sorry, I'm about to put you on the spot, but we, I didn't put this on the outline. It doesn't have, we don't have a toast section, but I figure what better way to kick off season four than you to stay on Kennedy on, like for in the toast. I love Kennedy. I love her. Post to Kennedy. Do I have anything specific I need to say about Kennedy other than she continues to be amazing and carrying this network on her back as it, <laughs> Dies a slow death. <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to toast her. <laughs> you did it. Yeah, getting any higher praise than that. <laughs> no. So yes, toast to Kennedy. I can't imagine. Yes. We love you. <laughs> and with that, we are wrapping up this week's episode. Thank you for listening. We're the CW Spiral. I'm Sabrina. I'm Michael. And I'm Reed. Bye, y'all.